Shaw Hart and Cameron Hart have teamed up to create Grow With Heart. It's the perfect place for all things book related. They offer bookish giveaways, book freebies, and new releases. Are you a reader looking for free books? Are you an author looking to grow your BookBub or TikTok audience? Grow With Heart is your one-stop shop for all things bookish. Visit Grow With Heart, that's H-A-R-T dot com, and subscribe to the newsletter to be the first to know. What are you waiting for? Grow with heart. Welcome to 2022, lady listeners. <laughs> I, I wasn't even sure I was, like, I was gonna how? say it right. I, was like, I know. <laughs> I was waiting for you to see. I was like, she gonna say 22 or not? <laughs> <laughs> I cannot believe it's been. Mel, it's been since like November since we recorded because we pre-recorded everything that we only had like two or three things in December, but we pre-recorded everything so we could have some time off. And I didn't really think about like, oh, well, we're not getting started till like mid-January. I mean, it's been weeks. I had to like pull out all my stuff. I was like behind. I forgot which, where my buttons were. I know I had to dig out my microphone. Man, it's like we're just virgins on this podcast all of a sudden. <laughs> and you know what? That's great because it's Alexa Raleigh week. <laughs> Which means there's virgins. Lots of virgins. How about that segue? <laughs> so got two it, virgins for you today. Lots of them. Um, Not us. The book, obviously. Obviously. <laughs> but uh, we have when uh, we have Cupid Gets Struck um, this week on the podcast. If you... Um, read our Christmas book, Claiming His Christmas Tree Topper. He's introduced in this book. He's the friend, and he's also the, the hero. Yeah, the hero's um, adopted sister. So, like, that's how they meet. And so we decided to write their story and put it on the podcast because it was just super fun to write because this book is about she is a pastry chef, and she goes to work in his restaurant And she doesn't realize that he's, like, sort of been her best friend all these years, like, talking to her via the internet because he made up, like, this website and everything so he could talk to her. (laughs) And It's it's just a really fluffy, sweet vibe. It's so... It is, like, pure fluffy. It's almost like a giant epilogue. It is real. I was thinking Almost. that when we were writing this, I was like, we have to write epilogues. I was like, in this whole fucking book and epilogue, <laughs> which is which reminds me, we don't have the epilogues in the books. We had to write the podcast book really quick because we were shutting down the last season to start mm-hmm. the next season. So if you do, we wrote epilogues like a week ago, yeah, and edited them, <laughs> and we have them in the ebook, which is live now. So if you want to get the epilogues, which also has bonus books in it oh it has time. locked up love and it has be mine or else in the back of it and it has a little sneak i love be mine or else oh my god those are both in paperbacks actually like but we haven't had them printed in so long because they were teeny tiny like both the books oh are really short what? i should do a paperback giveaway of those this week for the giveaway we'll give oh, a sign a good be idea. mine or else and locked up love. Yep, those you can are both- enter the giveaway in the links or whatever. Locked up love that. is so hot because it's about like this guy that's in prison and he writes letters to her and it's so fucking hot. Oh my god, that was he so- went to prison for her. Yes, because somebody it's touched so dirty. Mm-hmm. It's nasty, but it's fun. So yeah, so that's what we're um, playing for you this week. We're gonna play the first half and just a little bit of Cupid Gets Struck, and like Mel said, grab the ebook. So we'll have it all down below in the show notes. Oh my God, it feels like this is the first time we're doing this. I know. <laughs> I'm like, what do we talk about next? <laughs> oh my God, no. I was like, I need a list. What's happening? So I got my booster this week, and I didn't like complaining about it because I knew you felt like shit. And I was like, God, I don't even, I shouldn't even tell her I feel bad because she's probably like, fuck you, I feel worse. <laughs> But um, I got my booster like a month or two months ago, probably, and it yeah. didn't do anything to me. God, this one, t- this one was probably worse than the actual vaccine. No, my vaccine knocked me out. I was yeah. down for twenty four hours. I like knocked out, but the booster didn't do shit. Man, this booster fucking—it was like I was weak in the knees. But but I while- also think I have COVID. 
Yeah. So, yeah. So right now, that's what we think Mel has because she's quarantined in her house, and my daughter um, has it. Why? Yeah. We knew it was only a matter of time with basketball that she would be bringing it home to the rest of us. Yep. And she came up positive a few days ago, and then and I she was to get sweet sick. enough to share with you. I know. <laughs> so giving. I'm like, this is what we get for being so affectionate and giving out hugs and crap around here. Stay away from me. You this will teach you. to come ask me for a hug damn it yeah so while I was down on the couch I watched um cheer season two um did you ever watch season one of that cheer that was on Netflix did you ever watch it no I've heard you talk about I know yes okay is it a new cast or do they do a new group or is it the same group same group but as they did it they also brought in another school as like their okay. rival they didn't discuss they mentioned the rival a couple of times in season one but in season two they actually go to the rival school and film there there here's the thing and I'm, i'll do this spoiler free but i would like to at least say my thoughts on this without spoilers on season two so in season one there was this guy named Jerry who was like the heart of the show and he was really like the comeback kid because he came from nothing and he worked really hard and he got on Matt, he got on the team, like he went to the tournament, all this stuff. Like it was such a heartwarming story because he had lost his mom and he was living with like an adopted family and stuff that took him in and it was just a wholesome story. He was on Oprah and Ellen and all these big shows and he had all these endorsement deals. And then this past summer, last year, it came out that he there was an FBI investigation and he oh was arrested for um, soliciting minors. Oh it was God. underage boys and having um, having pornographic photos of underage boys. And this is, and an, an I do not condone, I do not endorse this. The the boys were, um, I think, uh, thirteen at the time, Jesus and Christ. he was nineteen or twenty. But um, you know, so it was horrible. It was horrible, horrible scandal that came out, and it. Just I was kind really, of hoping you were going to be like, they were like seventeen and nineteen in the state. I know <laughs> that's what I was hoping too when I heard it. I was like, oh my god! I was like, maybe he was still a teenager when it happened. Like you know, like maybe it was just statutory. It was like, oh no, that was way wrong. And um, anyway, so oh, Jesus, it was awful. So. This season, I wasn't even sure if I was going to watch it because I was like, I cannot watch him on this show because it's like, I'm sure they fit. I didn't know when they filmed it, like what was happening. And I was like, well, how are they going to address this? You know, what's going to be the thing? And I'm like, you know what? Let me just put it on and see what happens. Episode one, one minute in, they talk about it. Like right out of the gate, they're just like, let's, so what they do is they start, this season picks up right like the week after season one picks, went off. So season one ends and it's like the end or it's like spring of 2019. So this next season picks up and it's like fall of 2019. So it's like when they graduated and it's the summer and then it's like the start of the new one. And this is kind of right after the scandal starts. So it's, I think that's right. Okay, okay, let me back up. Sorry. There's, it ends in the spring of 2019. And then it airs on Netflix in like the beginning of 2020. Because it was kind of during the pandemic when it came out. Mm -hmm. And so season two picks up in the summer of 2020. And that's when it happened. So anyways, I guess that's not important. But so what happens is they start off right away and then they back up. So they start present day and they talk just a little bit about it. And then they back up and you go all the way to the end of season one and you build up to it. And so you're seeing it and you know it's coming. You're like, oh, my God, like this thing's about to happen. It's such a big deal. And then they have the episode that's called Jerry. And it's the whole episode they talk about what happens, the details to it. And they actually, which I don't know how I feel about it, but I, I feel like there should be, have been a stronger trigger warning, but they interview the victims. 
on it and they're young. And I was like, God, is this, but you know, like, I don't know how I would feel in that position. If that would have been maybe empowering for them, like maybe telling their side of the story, like maybe it made them feel brave or like it helped them heal. I don't know. Maybe it offered them a sense of closure. I do would not pass judgment on it. But I was not prepared for that when it started. And I was like, oh, my God, I don't know if I want to watch this Marriage Fast Award. But um, yeah, it was really sad. But they were so brave. And I felt like Netflix really handled it well. Like they they addressed it head on. They did the whole episode on it. And I could tell that they heavily edited him out of edited Jerry out of that season, too. Like mm-hmm. if he was in the background, cause they were filming practices that mm-hmm. happened directly after. And it was like, you know, before that FBI came in and I was like, I don't know if I can watch him on the screen. Like that's what I was like most worried yeah. about, but you could tell they had heavily edited him out. He's not in it hardly at all. So if you watch cheer, which millions of people did, you know, I mean, I, I would say watch season two, because although that is a really tragic part of it, it's not all that happens. And by introducing this other school, you really get a different perspective on that whole situation and what happened. And also it's like, they're the underdog, you know, they're the rival, but they're also like the school, like with all the black kids, you know? So it's Mm -hmm. like, they're sort of seen as like, not as classy and not, you know, not that kind of thing. So it was really cool to see another side of that like cheering competition thing and just be like, oh, this is, you know, I just, I never, I don't know anything about it. I've never been a cheerleader. I take that back. I was a cheerleader one year when I was in like fourth grade. (laughs) Anyways, (laughs) but like, I, you know, I never got into any of that. I, I have no dog in that fight, but I find it fascinating because the cheer competition, those are fucking athletes. They like, are. That is it's incredible. actually a huge competition where there's or comp, where people try to say they're not athletes, which is a terrible thing because then they're they're not protected like athletes are. There and they're getting sp- hurt more than anybody. Fuck yeah! I mean, it, it's insane. There's this one black girl, and I can't remember her name if it's Alex or I can't recall, but she goes to the other school. She's a new you know person that's been introduced to the show, and one of the guys that's interviewing. Her and her, I think it's her and her brother that are on the team. And one of the guys that's interviewing that said, he said, what's crazy is that she can do everything Simone Biles can do. He's like, everything. She can get on a mat right now and do everything Simone Biles can do. He said, but Simone Biles can't do everything she can do. Because, like, she can do, like, those tosses and pyramids and stacks and stuff. And he's like, you have to train to be able to do those specific things. And he was Mm -hmm. like, that's how incredible she is. He was like, she could be a gold medalist right now. He was like, she could walk onto a mat and get gold. He was like, but this is what she's doing. And it was like, shit. I mean, it was insane watching it. And there's this other young guy. And... He does like all these flips and stuff. And like he does a thing, it's called the Quinn, and it's like five spins before you land. And they were like, Are you going to do it in competition? And he's like, No. He said, You, you know, you can't, I don't think you can or whatever. But then one of the guys was like, Is he the best in the country? Absolutely. Is he, is he the best in the world? Yeah. <laughs> and I was like, Jesus. <laughs> but like these kids are in the middle of fucking nowhere, Texas. It's that's just kind crazy. of awesome that they're yeah. putting them on. They're showing them though. That's awesome. Yeah, I know. That's what they're I getting thought some too. spotlight for it. Yeah, and that's what they said is like these are the people who deserve to get the attention and stuff. You know, like and that guy didn't ruin that by getting the show start exactly taken down. That's exactly what I thought too when I finished it. I'm like, I'm glad that I watched it. I'm glad I supported it because. It wasn't just about him. It was such a bigger thing. And yes, it can shine light on these incredible athletes who deserve these opportunities, you know, that deserve to be showcased and seen. Like it was, it was really cool. I enjoyed watching it, even though I felt like shit. (laughs) (laughs) I was laid up on the couch. Um, I've been watching Sister Wives. Okay. I have somehow gotten on the side of Sister Wife TikTok. I don't Have know you? what happened, but I am on the side of TikTok where they there's this woman that talks about sister wives and like all the different relationships and stuff. And I yeah. guess she's going back through and rewatching them all. 
Okay, so what I there's 16 seasons, and I'm in a group actually with LB. We talk in this group a little bit. Uh, and so they're always talking about it. And like I said, I got sick. And when I get sick, I want to put something on the TV. Like when I got food poisoning, I watched Bander Vanderpump. I watch <laughs> shows I normally don't want to watch because I don't think I'll like them. But mm-hmm. everybody talks about them. Yeah. The reality show. So I put on Sister Wives, and I started at season ten because there's sixteen seasons. I was like, oh my I can't. god, no! And I was like, so I, I was so I was so worried because I'm in the groups and I see people like bashing on the dad, right? Mm-hmm. And I'm like season ten, eleven, twelve. I'm getting through, so I'm like. He's not that bad. I'm like, I'm like, what's <laughs> happening here? Like, <laughs> yeah. I'm like, I'm not seeing it. I don't know. I mean, I mean, it is polygamy. You know, there are some downsides, but at the same time, all of these three, four people were all like over the age of 20 when they got married, didn't yeah. have kids, didn't have kids mm-hmm. for a while. Yeah. So I'm like, leave them the fuck alone. doesn't mm-hmm. matter what they're doing in their bedroom. Yeah. They weren't a part of all that other fucked up. Yeah, shit. exactly. They left the religion. But still, I mean, there is still, you start, but as you start to progress and personalities start to change mm-hmm. you you kind of remember that some of these women are I hate to say this about this because I love some of these women now having watched them to say you know you you were brainwashed a little bit oh what do you mean like how like, like just by growing, him they grew up like the, no they grew up in that community oh okay, so okay, okay yeah. think that you have to be married in this way to be able to get into heaven kind of thing, you know? Oh, okay. So a little bit of brainwashing. And some of the women, I think what Bill does, which is great, like one of his kids came out as gay. A hundred percent. He walked up, hugged them. And he said something like, um, I love God judges. That's his oh, theory. Wow. Like, I, I spread, I, I only spread love. I want to yeah. multiply love, which is his whole theory. I like Throughout that. the whole thing, he's always, we should be multiplying love, not dividing it. Yeah. Which was hard to get, like, behind him. But as the season's finally, I've started getting where the tide is turning. And I'm like, okay, What's happening? Yeah. Why? Why? You got to tell me now. I'm infected. I just don't think I can explain it in this way. Like, they have to move again and they get divided from their homes because they live, they fled Utah. Oh, and wow. I, Did they? They literally, in the middle of the night, fled Utah because Utah passed the sign uh, a law that polygamy was against the law. You could okay. not say you had more than one wife. You couldn't be married mm-hmm. more than one woman. Even if you said you didn't get the legal paperwork, yeah. you would go to jail, which was their response to, well, I asked my, I, I said it was their response to child brides and my husband disagrees with me. He's like, no, because they could go after people for abusing this and that. This is all religious. That's why they did it. I don't know. Okay. But they made it a felony. You would go to jail for five years. They And he went live. Like, the show went live. And the yeah. next day after the show, season one aired, the cops were at a store and launching an investigation. Holy So fuck. in the middle of the night, pretty much, they pack up all their shit and fled to Vegas. Oh, my God. So they get to Vegas. They live in this cul-de-sac. But what happens, which I find very interesting, mm-hmm. is I think he wanted to show the world that – these are all adults. If they want to live this way, that's fine. And that's what he wanted to show the yeah. world, that there's nothing wrong with what they're doing. And it's none of our business what they're doing in their bedrooms Absolutely. between each other. Yeah. It's 100% true. how they I live agree. their lives. Yeah. So they moved to Vegas where they think it will be more acceptable, which it is. But the problem is, you know, there's he's still somewhat conservative. And now you've dropped your kids in the middle of Vegas. Yeah. And they go to school and they go to school with everybody. Yeah, yeah. And they come back and these kids are coming back home and he's still great with his kids and everything. It's just that, you know, they're becoming liberal. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. They're, they're becoming socializing. liberal. <laughs> yes. They're becoming very liberal. They're all behind the Black Lives Matter. The daughters want to go to the Women's March. And yeah. they, you know, he leaves the wives because he has a schedule or whatever and they're mm-hmm. with their kids all the time and their kids are like almost screams to the moms. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, of course, then the women are kind of getting, mm-hmm. you know, indoctrinated and, or whatever <laughs> you want to call it, you know? Yeah, you no, think that makes you're, sense. You wanna, when you want to show the world something, you have to remember that that means you have to let the world in. Yeah. And I don't sure. think he thought about that. Yeah. And as the control is starting to lose and the kids are starting to grow older – and he seems to have been good. He's starting to unravel. 
So with him, is he doing it as far as like he's unraveling with himself or his relationships with his wife? With and his children? relationship and his controlling and he's getting angry, which I wouldn't think he'd be getting angrier because they're getting popular. They're getting more money. And it just seems mm-hmm. like he's getting saltier and yeah. angrier mm-hmm. and more aggressive and more like before where he would be like, I can't believe I understand what you're saying. Da, 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 da. He's like, I'm tired of hearing this shit. It's just what is, why it is like why is he so frustrated? My one of my friends says it's because he's losing control. You know, before yeah. it was kind of he yeah. still had somewhat of a control, but the women are getting stronger and stronger. And yeah, on one of the most recent episodes, I'm in fifteen. One of the wives, my favorite wife, who actually it's in the news everywhere, the one that left him, the third one, recently left him. She told the newest wife only came in like 10 years she's like before you came around we didn't like tell him no yeah like we weren't like we're not doing that if he said we weren't we were just like okay and then you came around and you were like i'm not doing that and then we were like oh we can say that <laughs> maybe i should do that and she said so yeah. it's, that's when things started changing too mm-hmm. but he favors the new wife oh really he tries to hide it but he favors the new wife mm-hmm. how old like how long have they been married Oh, God. Like, the newest wife is probably, like, 15 years, but the other ones are, like, 30, 25. the other ones. Okay, so he had four wives. Four wives. The and first one, one they married at, like, 20, and they've been together, uh-huh. like, 30 years. Mm-hmm. Then he married another one. That was they, her best friend, right? Like, yeah, they were, yeah. They were friends, okay. kind of. Yeah, yeah. And her friend was actually married to her brother. That's right. Okay. Yep. That's right. I remember that now. Okay. <laughs> so, and then they met Christine, the third one, which is my favorite, who left him, who just grew up in the community. And she always wanted to be a third wife because uh-huh. she loves the sisterhood of it. Yeah. Because yeah. she's ta- she talked about how when her grandpa died, all the wives seemed to come together and they made their own little community and she wanted that. Oh, I love that. So did I. But that wasn't really shaking out. Mm-hmm. But she'd have to watch the whole thing to see how it goes with them moving and where they're living together and then they're not and how things mm-hmm. start to fall apart and the kids you know, growing the, up and push back. The longer I'm like in my marriage, I mean, I'll, I'll be with my husband 15 years next month. And the longer I'm in my marriage and in my relationship, I just realized that men ain't shit. Like, <laughs> you know what? <laughs> like, that's what I feel like. Like, the longer I'm in it, though, I mean, not that my husband isn't. I mean, my husband's amazing. I love him. He's awesome. But the more I'm in it, the more I'm like, I don't need this guy. Like, you yeah, know? Like, I'm like, I could do this. I'm fine. Like, yeah, exactly. Like, I don't necessarily have to have somebody, you know? So I, I think, think that I makes the healthiest. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, it does. I think that makes the healthiest relationship. I do, too. I don't have I do to have you, but I want you here. I exactly. Be. Yeah. I choose to have you with me because I love you and I care about you. And you're a great person. It's not that I need you because that's, I would absolutely love a compound with moms. Yeah. A mom compound. I mean, the Do you know theory how organized awesome. this shit would be? <laughs> yes, I know. The, the theory is awesome. And that kind of starts to happen within the pandemic. The moms are so used to kind of making their own decisions that when they start doing lockdown laws, that he doesn't favor with, they're like, you know. Oh, wow. <laughs> he gets mad. Mm, and they still I do it. Like the, I like the dynamic that they're sort of biting back, though. It's falling apart. They don't oh, always yeah, get 16, along. And, can you imagine 16 years of that? No, you know, I try to think about it. On one hand, I'm like, I feel like maybe I could do it. But the husband would have to be really good at it. Like He'd playing be, the part? Yeah. Or do you mean like... Like he'd ha- being in charge. No, he'd have to be very good at making sure you're giving the same attention and not doing favoritism. Uh, and, mm-hmm. you know, you would have to be very conscious of that. And I'm just mm-hmm. not sure a man can do that fully yeah. all the time. You know, I, like I said, I've ended up on this side of TikTok. And I don't know how, but like I get videos suggested all the time. And there's this one where it's a guy and it's two girls. And they're polyamorous. So all three of them are in a relationship. The, a thruple, if you will. And so they said that the guy and the girl um, met and then they met the second girl nine months later. So they all met relatively around the same time and they just decided that they really cared about each other and they wanted to explore it. And so she said, initially, I was invited into the relationship as just a single person. And she said to have fun. 
And she said, and then it, we just developed feelings and we were doing activities together outside of the house. And she said, then we just realized we all liked each other's company and we wanted to explore it. And so she said she met their families and they welcomed them, welcomed her in and like, because it's all from the other girl's perspective. And so she's like, you know, she said, we just made a go of it. They moved in together and she's like, it's been great ever since. And they've been together like. I want to say like, what was it, five years or something? I mean, it's hard to, because there's not a lot of examples of healthy couples that have done this for a long period of time. Yeah. I mean, they are somewhat healthy to certain degrees. I mean, yeah, he even grew up in this. So this is what he thinks is, you know, the way it is. And he's not an asshole. I mean, he has his asshole moments, but what man doesn't? Yeah, for sure. As a frustrated husband. Mm -hmm. But... I just wonder if most people that are in these relationships that are healthy, if they're more private about their lives because of the outside, you know, the the judgment that oh, everybody right. has because of them. I mean, I could see that if I had a relationship that way, I wouldn't tell a soul because immediately when you say that, people want to know about your sex life. And it's like, that's, I mean, because that's how I know how it is. And it's not the same thing, but to a degree, writing romance. When you tell somebody you write romance, they immediately want to know about your sex life, or at least men do. Yeah. You know, I've definitely been asked by women, though, so it's not just men, but, you know, it's always men, but it's sometimes women. <laughs> so, but they want to know about your sex life. Yeah. You know, yeah. like, how, God, you must be horny all the time, you know, or whatever. Mm-hmm. Like, you know, you how often do you, you must, and your husband have yeah, sex? Yeah, you must be getting it all the time. And yeah. You know. do, you, do you guys, like, do they act out the books? Oh, my God. <laughs> you know, so it's like, I can understand never wanting to share that relationship with the world, you know, so. I don't know, like, because I've thought about it, like, I was watching the show, you know, because mm-hmm. one of them, the, the fourth wife that they did bring in. You know, she was from the community. She had a terrible husband. She had three kids. Oh, wow. So he kind of, she, oh, this is what he says. They, and the girls say it too. Hus, the men are not supposed to go out looking for wives. It yeah. is frowned upon. And mm-hmm. even women will tell their daughters, don't. If one yeah. com- is showing up without his wives to events and stuff like that. Yeah. Mm-hmm. The daughters are the ones that are supposed to be like. Mom, Dad, I really am interested in such and such. Oh and then wow! The, the family, kids do. Okay. yeah, the, the women are supposed to go to the man, oh, okay. mm-hmm. and that's what they were approached or whatever about Robin. Okay, and they actually so they brought her, which almost agree because she comes from a shitty, horrible marriage. She just got out of with three kids, and yeah. the first wife divorces him legally, so he can marry her and then adopt her three kids. So they can all have that name. And then those two go on to have two. So, you know, it's like. Yeah, you still see the good in him. I see they have another couple that they introduced us to where another woman left a bad marriage. And the husband took her kids in and him and took her on as a fourth wife and brought her in under the house. Yeah. So it's like, I don't know. So then I'm thinking, okay, so what if you had a friend who maybe lost a loved one and they came to live with you and you loved hanging out with them and then it could develop. I could possibly see it. Could you do it? I don't know. Yeah. You know, my only frame of reference is, did you ever watch Big Love on HBO yeah. with Bill Paxson? I used to love that show. Yeah. But, you know, as much as I, like, would think, like, oh, we could have this great sisterhood, I wonder if what, if there would be jealousy. Like, how hard would it be? But I think being in a relationship like that, you would just have to be so selfless. You do. Like, and you, they have to yeah. always reminding that. And they say yeah. that you need to get somebody, like, the first two wives in that show, like, Mm-hmm. oil and water but christine yeah. came in and was like smoothed it between bridge them. the gap yeah, yeah she really mm-hmm. played both parts really well for them yeah. i don't know i think they're gonna be a mess without her but i don't know i don't know let's have a whole podcast about this <laughs> it's been interesting <laughs> but i was so scared because i have a friend that i was talked to that's uh, in the group and listens to podcasts and stuff. We watch a ton of reality TV. And she's like, I'm like, I don't know what to say. He's not a dick. 
And then I'm like, I'm not seeing it. I'm like kind of freaking out because usually, you know, you usually fall with the same kind of. Yeah, you're like, does he cheat? Like, what? Yeah, you're I'm like, like when is he going to start to be an asshole? I'm like, I'm getting scared now, all right? And one of my <laughs> other friends was like, just keep watching. You'll watch the program. Oh, shit. So you're having, you haven't watched the new ones yet? No, you're I'm still, still catching I up. still have like uh, half of the season before and like the new season that's on right now. Oh, God. So it's going downhill. He made a mistake. He made a bad choice. Like he thought that they should move. And that move, I think, is going to destroy everything. They left Vegas? They left Vegas. Okay. He didn't want to be in Vegas. And they moved to Flagstaff, Arizona, which looks like an adorable town. Yeah. Yeah, it's and, beautiful. Um, it, everything's just not going as planned. And it seems like everything is really falling apart. It sucks. Aww. It sucks. And I, I wonder if they would have stayed in Vegas if. It wouldn't have, this wouldn't be this way. Yeah. But I don't know if it's for a good thing or not that it's, that -hmm. Christine is getting out or, you know, I don't know. I don't know. I love how invested you are in this show. I love it. I'm invested in the ladies. Like, I'm invested in Christine getting out. I'm investing Mm -hmm. in the first wife, you know, she needs Mm -hmm. to get out. And I want her to find somebody to love her. And Mm -hmm. because there's a big, she was catfished and she had an emotional affair. And, you know, her daughter's mad at her about it. And I just, I just, you know, like, she thinks she's a victim, but she had a part in this. I was like, I, you know, her husband really set her up to be alone. And it's easy for somebody to swoop in and took advantage of her. And -hmm. I feel like he should have been there to protect her. And he wasn't. He let her slip through the cracks. And somebody grabbed her. Mm -hmm. That's the way I look it up. Man, and that, that, uh, that can happen even in single couple relationships. Oh. That happens so easily. Oh my gosh. Well, we'll keep you guys updated on um that next week. <laughs> <laughs> I want to know how many seasons you watch between now and next week when we record again. Well, I've only got so much left. I'm sure I'll be mm-hmm. done because I'm still house locked until I'm gonna say locked in the house till Tuesday. So So this is season ten. So we're we're kicking it off, like I said, with Alexa Riley, but you know, we haven't really made an announcement on what authors are in the season. Only because, oh, first of all, it's a ton of authors. A ton of them. Second uh-huh. of all, sometimes those authors change as the season goes on. Because authors will commit to it right away. They'll say, yes, I'll turn my book in by this day. And then something comes up, which, I mean, life happens. Yeah. Shit happens. It's no big deal. And, you know, we've had authors drop out the, the last second. And it happens. It's totally fine. It You know, you do, Family always comes first. That's what we say. You know, if you've got crisis, mental health, take care of that. We'll figure out a podcast. But so anyway, so sometimes we're hesitant to announce all of the authors because of that. So, but I will tell you, I'll tell you all the manuscripts we have turned in right now. Oh, okay. I want to hear this, actually. Okay. So this is who we have coming up. After us, Alexa Riley kicks it off. Next week, we have Mel Jean Brooke. Which I'm super excited about because she's actually giving us a book that was something that was a part. It was like a little novella thing that was a part of an anthology that she pulled and redid it. So it's super sexy. She said, I don't think it had as much sex or something before. So she took it up I missed that manuscript. I know. (laughs) That's what I said. So uh, I'll send it to you after we're done. Okay. (laughs) Because I've read a few that you have sent through. Oh, okay. Good. Um, so Mel Jean Brooke, and then we have Sarah Reddy, who I'm super excited about because she was recommended to us by Eagle, who I, you know, I love Eagle. And so usually when she sends me an email and she's like, Hey, do you have a spot on the podcast? I think I have an author you might like. And I'm like hundred percent. Cause she always sends, she knows the type of books we love, the type of mm-hmm. stuff we read. She's like, you're going to like this author. So I was really excited. So we have Sarah Reddy. Then we have Leah Sherelle, who I've never read before, but she's super sweet. We, like, talked on Instagram and stuff. She's so nice. Um, Emma Bray, who, that was your recommendation. Yeah, now. I read it. It's super cute. You guys are going to enjoy the hell out of it. <laughs> that was fun. Adrian J. Smith, who is adorable. She's so sweet. We've, like, like I said, most of these people I've never met in person, but I feel like I know them because we've exchanged, like, 100 emails. Yeah. <laughs> And then Laura Pavlov, who, if you don't know her, she is, like, huge in contemporary romances. Like, 
She writes like beautifully sweet stories. You'll just, you'll love her. Um, she's got a ton of books out there too. And Andy Finchel, I think I'm going to say that right. She sent me the pronunciation on her name, but I forgot to pull it up before this podcast. <laughs> so, but again, super sweet. So nice. So I'm really excited. Um, we have, I think like 20 more after that. So, but I I'll stop I can't believe you got right that there. many in already. I know. Yeah. Those are all the ones we have in right now. So it's, it's exciting because, you know, it's like having those manuscripts in hand. It's like, oh, okay. These are guaranteed. Mm-hmm. It <laughs> so is. Because sometimes we get yeah. nervous. Yeah. We'll get down to the wire and we're like, um, what are we going to do next week? <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah. So we're super excited. I can't believe we're on season 10. We've been doing this for, was it 2018 when we announced this? God, I don't know. I, I don't know if it was 18 or 19. I know it was, it was the 18. end of the year. It was like October because we were at like shameless. We were, we filmed it in October. We launched the podcast November 5th. I think 20, I think it was 2018. Jeez. Louise. Because we did it all in 2019 and then we went into 2020 and we were just like, what the fuck? <laughs> yeah. These last two years, I feel like. 20, it's just 20, all blurred 21. into one. Yeah, it's all mm-hmm. like blurred. So something else I wanted to mention too is um, before we play the audiobook, we have some authors who buy back their audiobooks from us. So if they like, they really love their audio, they want to be able to put it on Audible um, just to go with their collection. So like if you buy their book on Audible, it'll recommend all their other stuff. So like you can obviously listen to it on the podcast for free, but sometimes when they take it, they when they want to put it on Audible, they have a non-compete, and so we can't have it up on the podcast anymore. So I've been asked several times in the past few months um, where like an audiobook is, or why isn't it on the podcast, or that kind of thing. So a lot of times, if you go through our um, podcast, like our older episodes, and you see like an episode is skipped, that's probably because it was pulled. Due you to know, that, I so. wonder if maybe we should, in the future going forward, go back cut off the audio and say this audio has been now been released at the end of our talking segment. Oh, yeah. That's not a bad idea to just replace that instead and say it's So there's, been- there's still a podcast there and then people can know mm-hmm. where to go get that talk. Yeah. Mm-hmm. That's not a bad idea. I wonder if those recordings are saved though. Or if when well, we technically they were, they were saved online. If, if, oh, as long as you don't pull it, the audio's there. Yeah, I guess so. It's out there that's in the world. Idea. You can strip it from the computer. We're out there forever. (laughs) So just in case you see gaps in our episodes, that's what that is. But um, yeah, enter this week's giveaway. We're going to do signed paperbacks of Locked Up Love and Be Mine or Else since we have those paperbacks. Um, And then, yeah, I think that's it. Make sure you get um, this book. Cupid gets <laughs> Get the ebook. It's gonna have extra yes. books in it. It has it's extra have epilogues that are yes. in it. And, and what else that. we have coming next? We have oh, um Flurry of Love. Oh, oh my god. Yeah. Which is like the sweetest name of a book ever. It is. I love that name when you picked it. I think you gave me like three or four. I was like, nope. I had yeah, to choose from. And I put my favorite at the bottom. I was like, I wonder if she'll like this one the best. And I like stuck it in there and you're like, I love that. I was like, me too. It's super cute. I think we have a super cute cover for it, too, our picture. Yeah, it's really sweet. It's super sexy and, like, romantic. But um, that book is really fun because it's, like, um, it was just, you know, they're – We'll tell you about it later. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah, it's Mountain Men. That's what it is. So, uh, yeah, let's just – let's play We'll see you guys on the other side. All right, bye. Bye. I'll be taking this by Olivia Turner. Spring break is for wild girls. I really don't know why I'm here. This is not my scene. The excessive drinking, the half-naked bodies, the horrible decisions being made. Ugh. I'd rather be studying. So when my friends throw me on stage for a wet t-shirt contest, I nearly die. Hundreds of people are watching as the MC approaches with the water jugs to show off my jugs. That's when I see him, Jackson, charging through the crowd like a nuclear bomb about to go off. First, I feel the possessiveness in his eyes. Then I feel his hands on me, grabbing me, throwing me over his shoulder, stealing me away, saving me. He's the rich owner of the hotel and he's not having any of this. It's not the wet t-shirt contest that he's against. It's the hundreds of people watching. He still wants me to get wet, but it will be for an audience of one. Just me, him, 
a tight white t-shirt, and a big old jug of water. That's a contest I don't mind entering. That's I'll Be Taking This by Olivia Turner. Grab it now in Kindle Unlimited. This is When Cupid Gets Struck by Alexa Riley. Read for you by Avery Reed. Chapter 1 Astrid are you sure Nikki can't just hire you permanently? Star asks, taking another bite of the lemon meringue pie I made. She is a hundred percent not kidding, and I adore her. She is my second biggest fan behind my brother, and I love them both to pieces. They make me believe I might have a fighting chance out there in the world. Them and my best friend Cupid, though he's never actually tried my sweets before. A lot of people think lemon meringue pie is a hard dessert to make, but it isn't. Not to me, at least. I find one of the most valuable traits as a pastry chef is patience. You can't rush perfection, and you can't take your eyes off it either. I appreciate the temp work, but finance really isn't my passion. I laugh. You want my brother to hire me as his own personal pastry chef? I mean, I'm sure I'll be pregnant soon. I'll need lots of sweets. She goes for one of my eclairs next. She really does love everything I make, so much so that she had me make their wedding cake. This is how I pay my rent at the moment. I'm already kind of hired here, I point out, motioning around the kitchen. The place looks like a dessert bomb exploded in it. I might be able to bake, but I always leave a messy trail behind me. There isn't much counter space, which is ridiculous because while this kitchen might be a personal home one, it's bigger than some people's apartments. I've completely taken over the kitchen at this point, and my brother has never minded before. Now I'm thinking that's going to start to change. Not only has Star moved in with him, but they also got married a few weeks ago. They'd only recently gotten back from their honeymoon, and I'm really starting to feel out of place. I don't want to be their third wheel. I also don't want them to have to sit me down and talk to me about finding my own space. That rejection would burn, and even knowing they would be right to ask for it, I don't want it to get to that point. When my brother Nick told me I could stay with him after I graduated culinary school, he'd been a workaholic that was never home. Things have most definitely changed in the short time since he found his star. I love them together, but... I'd be a liar if I didn't admit I was a bit jealous of what they have. Nick isn't my blood brother. We grew up in the foster system together, and he always kept a close eye on me, even when he'd aged out. He's the only real family I have, and it's scary to think it could slip through my fingers because he's starting one of his own now. I'm sure Star's right, and in no time she'll be pregnant because they can't keep their hands off of each other. I want that so much for them and they both deserve it. But I'm not sure where my place is anymore. I do know it's not inside their home, and I need to find a place of my own, along with a job. You don't pay rent, Nick says, entering the kitchen. He goes straight for Star and kisses her long and hard on her mouth. I turn away from them, not wanting to intrude more than I already am. You taste delicious, I hear him say. I start to slip from the kitchen, but my brother calls me back. You don't need to go. He smiles my way, which is something he does more often now. I actually do. I need to get ready for my interview. I promise I'll clean up when I get back. It's fine. You know that. Nick tries to reassure me. I'll see you guys later. I give them a little wave before I head back toward my bedroom to get ready for my interview. My very first interview. I still haven't told my brother who the interview is with. I danced around the question when he asked once before. I don't know why, because I'm sure he'll find out soon enough. I think part of me doesn't want him to try and pull strings to help me get the job. I want to get it because I'm good at what I do, and not because Q is one of my brother's friends. In fact, I had no idea who he was until recently when I'd formally met him at my brother's wedding. He sought me out when he found out I made the cake that night, though I'd felt his eyes on me before that. I don't know how I ended up with an interview. I'd been a babbling mess when he sat down next to me and complimented my cake. He invited me to his restaurant, saying they needed help with their desserts. 
something they are in dire need of with Valentine's Day around the corner. I bet he regretted the invitation a few seconds after he gave it to me. I went and spilled my drink right in his lap when his eyes locked with mine. I'd been thrust back in time to when I was a 13-year-old girl. His dark blue eyes were the same as Austin's, my first crush. He was the boy I could never forget, even all these years later. It was like he was right there again, stealing the air out of my lungs like he always did when I was a little girl. It's crazy because Q looks nothing like my Austin except for his eyes. Although Austin's were usually hidden behind glasses more often than not. He was a bit dorky and the only boy that didn't tower over me. He was different from all the others. And I think that's why I crushed so hard on him. Now, Q Hart is bigger than life. The man is probably two feet taller than me and is known for his beautiful restaurants. He's also known for being one of the hottest and most eligible bachelors in the city. Or so I read online after I did a bit of stalking. He might not be Austin, but even I couldn't deny the man was dang hot. I was surprised by my attraction to him, but it was there. Q shot up from his seat after I spilled my drink and went to clean himself up. I all but fled the wedding, thankful that my brother couldn't keep his hands off his new bride and left his own party early. I was surprised when he reached out to me to lock down when I'd be coming in. I'm not sure what I'll be doing, but my plan is to take a handful of desserts with me for him to try. I might be a bit of a mess at times, but I know how to bake. It's the one thing I'm good at. When I was little and got the chance to use the kitchen, I'd pretend I was baking for my husband and children and spoiling them all with my treats. It was my way of playing make-believe. In those rare moments, I got to fall into a fantasy of having a family of my own. I'd always take my extras and give them to Austin, until he went and moved away. I pause in the mirror when I'm done getting ready, realizing I might have let myself fall into the fantasy once more, in my little pink cardigan and long skirt, I look like I've dropped out of the 1950s. I pull out my phone, planning to take a picture to send to Cupid when I see I already have a text from him. Cupid, good luck, sweets. I love when he calls me sweets. He's been doing that since we bumped into each other on an online cooking website years ago. We started talking in the comments on the website Cupid's Love of Sweets, which was his blog. Soon it turned to emails then texts, and I've been crushing on him from the start. He flirts, but never takes things further. I even sent him a few pictures lately, hoping he'd send one back, but no luck. How am I half in love with a man who I've never actually seen? But that doesn't matter to me. No one knows me better than Cupid. Years of texts and emails have made us more than friends. Or at least that's how I feel. I know Cupid lives here in the city, and I thought when I got back from California, he'd ask to meet up in person, but he hasn't. Each day he doesn't ask, my heart breaks a bit more. He's the first person I've let in since my silly crush on Austin when I was little. Me. Thank you. Checking the time, I skip the picture, not wanting to come off too needy. The outfit will have to do since I have no time to change now. I leave it be and rush to the kitchen to pack up my treats. I might not get my fantasy of having a family, but maybe I can at least land myself a job. One I earned on my very own. Chapter Two Cupid I'm pacing the restaurant and counting down until Astrid arrives. When I check my watch, I see she's still got seven minutes and 11 seconds until she's due to be here, but I can't stand the wait. Seeing her at the wedding and her not recognizing me was a blow, but I won't let it screw up my plan. It was the first time I'd seen her in years, and of course she didn't recognize me. I've changed so much since the last time she saw me when I was only 15 and she was 13. My parents decided it was a great idea for us to move my sophomore year of high school. And back then, I didn't have a cell phone or a way to get in touch with her. Plus, I would have been too damn shy to say anything anyway. I was a chubby kid that hit puberty late and was still shorter than most of the guys in school. Bad acne, glasses, and a squeaky voice made me keep my chin down and stay silent most days. 
but when I got to see Astrid, it was like the sun came out just for me. Sure, she was my best friend's little sister, but later on when I got back in touch with Nick, I found out she was going to culinary school out west. She talked about that when we were kids, and I knew it was her dream. I just never considered what it would mean for her to move across the country and away from me. Well, maybe not away from me, but that's what it felt like. I couldn't chase after her and tell her to come home, but what I could do was build an empire for her to return to. So that's what I did. I've been in love with Astrid since I knew what love was, but she has no idea I exist. She proved that at the wedding. If she ever felt anything for me when we were young, she didn't show it, or at least feel that same spark I did. Maybe it's because I've grown about four feet and gained close to 100 pounds in muscle since the last time she saw me. My hair got darker and I grew a beard, but part of me thought deep down she would still see me somewhere inside. There was a lot going on that night and we only spoke for a brief second before she spilled the drink on me, but it was still like being in the bright sunlight and surrounded by warmth being next to her. When we were kids, I never went by my first name. My parents named me Cupid Austin Smith, so I went by my middle name in school and made sure no one knew my first name. It was embarrassing having the name Cupid, but eventually I didn't hate it, and now everyone calls me Q. I use my mom's maiden name, Hart, for business because it's easier to separate work from my personal stuff. So even if Astrid knows me by Q Hart, she wouldn't know right away that it was me. Checking my watch, I see she's got two minutes and 17 seconds left before she's late. I should have offered to pick her up, but that probably would have been weird. The front door of the restaurant opens, and I turn around to see her coming in, carrying a white pastry box. Not even pretending to play it cool, I rush over as quickly as I can. Sorry, I would have been here sooner, but traffic was a mess. You're early, I blurt out and try to play it cool. Normally, I'm a confident person with a dozen businesses under my belt and a list of restaurants I manage and own. But one simple conversation with the girl that stole my heart when I was a kid, and I'm a bumbling fool. What's in the box? Desserts. Her smile almost knocks me over, and I remind myself to breathe. I thought it would be good to bring in a few samples. I know you like the wedding cake, but I wanted to show you what else I was capable of. I can't wait to try them. I take the box from her and then just stand there, memorizing her face because I haven't seen her in so long. Um, should we sit down? She bites her lip and I want to kick my own ass for being so dumb. Yeah, I mean, sure, let's go over here. I nod toward one of the private tables close to the window and grab some silverware on the way. The restaurant isn't open until tonight and it's early in the day. The kitchen staff hasn't arrived yet, and I'm happy to have her all to myself. Finally. Coffee? I ask, grabbing the pot I made for when she arrived. She nods, and I pour her a cup, adding a sprinkle of cinnamon to the top the way she used to like it. How did you know I like cinnamon in my coffee? She cocks her head to the side, and I realize my mistake. Don't most people? I say, and then try to cover my tracks. Why don't you tell me about your education and what you specialize in? She sips her coffee and then hums in appreciation as she begins to talk about culinary school and her love of pastries. I could sit like this for hours just listening to her talk and describe the flakiness of laminated dough. The way she says butter is the cutest thing ever. I have an event next week and I'd like to hire you for it. I say as I take the fork out of the napkin and open the box. You haven't even tried my desserts yet. She smiles shyly, and God, it heats me from the inside out. I don't need to. You're obviously talented. I could tell that from the wedding cake. But seeing how passionate you are about cooking, that's exactly what I'm looking for. Her cheeks flush, and she stares down at her hands as I scoop up a bite of pie. When I hum appreciatively, her eyes lock with mine. Do you like it? I've never had anything so sweet. The words are out of my mouth, and I realize it might sound like it's not right. It's perfect, I correct, and I see her smile widen. So what kind of event is it? It's for Valentine's. I hedge, taking a bite of a chocolate tart. It's a big party, so I'll need a cake. 
I love making cakes. What kind are you thinking? What's your favorite? I moan when I taste the chocolate, and she preens. I love strawberry cake with cream cheese frosting, but it's your party. You should pick what you want. I think strawberry cake with cream cheese frosting sounds like the perfect cake. Really? I nod and eat something else that's got caramel and apples in it. It's so good I keep eating until it's gone. Can you make me another box like this right now in my kitchen? She laughs like I'm joking, but when I don't laugh with her, she sobers. Are you serious? Do I want to eat your treats all day? My smile is slow and steady as I look her up and down. Yes, I'm serious. Chapter 3 Astrid Those eyes, they're driving me crazy. The more I stare into them, the more I'm sure they're Austin's. Could they be related? The idea of that being possible has mixed emotions running through me. Q's eyes never leave me as I flit around his impressive kitchen, making him more sweets. This place is a piece of art, if you ask me. And if someone could have plucked the perfect commercial kitchen layout from my mind, this would be it. I can't believe you have a whole area for desserts. The massive kitchen is split up into two sections next to each other, and he has a whole other space for baking. I want to have an entire dessert menu in the future, not only a handful of items. I knew the chef would need their own area, and I planned for that. It's a dream space, I admit wanting this job more and more by the second. I was actually thinking about having a dessert appetizer menu too. I jerk my head up to gape at him. Wood, he smirks, and I swear it's a knowing one. Nothing, it's an idea I actually tossed around with a friend of mine, that restaurants should put a few sweets on the appetizer menu. Nothing sparks hunger like sugar. I couldn't agree more. We always serve bread at the start, too. Normally, it's a brown and white bread. But what if we served one sweet bread and one white? Like a Pandoro. I squeal too loudly, and heat rushes to my cheeks. Oh my gosh, what is wrong with me? I need to act like an adult and not an excited child. Pandoro. Q moans the word, his eyes closing like he's savoring it. The heat that rushed to my face? shifts throughout my body as I watch him. Since I'd walked in the door to his restaurant, I've sensed something bubbling up between us. I keep telling myself I'm losing my mind. No way, this man is into me that way. Not only because this is Q, but because my heart is supposed to belong to Cupid. I can't be flirting and sending out mixed signals. Not that I know how to flirt, unless spilling drinks on people is flirting. Cupid might not want your heart. My stupid brain reminds me, and it's not like Q is going to want it either. I have to stop talking to myself in my head. I love powdered sugar, I blurt out. There, that's something I can claim to love easily, and it loves me back too, especially my hips. I'm shocked. Q pushes off the wall he's leaning against and clears the space between us. He's taken off his suit jacket and rolled up the sleeves of his button-up shirt. I watch transfixed as his eyes lock with mine. My breath hitches when he lifts his hand and his thumb swipes across my cheek. When he pulls it back, I see a trace of white powder there. I'm a bit of a mess when I cook. Sorry. He brings his thumb to his mouth, sucking the powder off, and my eyes drop to his full lips. You're not a mess, sweets, he says as he starts to lean down. Is he going to kiss me? No, that can't be right. My hands shoot out, pressing against his broad, hard chest to stop him, and his brows lift in surprise. What did you call me? Astrid? I shake my head because that's not what he said. Sweets, I repeat. You called me sweets. Maybe. He shrugs. I call a lot of people that, like darling or honey. I push on his chest again, but he doesn't move. I take a step back, wondering what is wrong with me. I almost let him kiss me while I'm interviewing for a job. I'm sorry, he says, his voice low. It's fine. 
I try to shake it off and bring my attention back to the icing I was making. Jealousy irks me at the thought of him calling other people those names. Does he do it to his staff? He might just be flirting and I'm reading it all wrong because he's so dang handsome. I'm starting to think this job might not be a good idea. It's not fine. I lied to you. I snap my head back up. I don't call other people sweets or darling. Sweets fits you. I suppose. Star and my brother always say I smell like sugar. Do you feel this, Astrid? He braces both of his hands on the counter next to me. I don't know what is going on, but I have a boyfriend. I rush to say, practically shouting the word boyfriend. Then your boyfriend is a dumbass. He pushes away and then walks over to the wall to lean against it and watch me bake. He folds his arms over his chest, looking pissed. If you were mine, you sure as hell wouldn't be my girlfriend. What does that mean? I huff, searching the counter for a measuring spoon I don't actually need. You'd be my woman, my wife, he declares, and I spin around, knocking several things off the counter and onto the floor. Okay, maybe you're a bit of a mess, but it's really part of the appeal if you ask me. I stand there as he begins to pick things up. I have a boyfriend, I repeat. Like I said, he's a dumbass. I've been dying, waiting for today to come. It's been two weeks since that wedding reception. Really? My heart flutters. Yeah, really. Where's this boyfriend been? He challenges. Okay, he's not my boyfriend. He's my friend from online. I thought maybe when I moved back here, we'd... I trail off, knowing I sound pathetic. I stare up at him, and I expect him to tell me I'm crazy or that I'm likely being catfished. But he doesn't say anything. Your eyes. They remind me of someone. His brows lift. Who? Someone from long ago. Is he a boyfriend, too? A smirk plays at his lips, and I know he's teasing me. No, I shake my head. I doubt he would remember me. He was my brother's friend. We were both little, and I was the typical younger sister crushing on my brother's friend. I roll my eyes, trying to play it off. I doubt he could forget you, sweets. You're very unforgettable. Wow, maybe I am being stupid. I'm holding on to things that might never happen and clinging to fantasies I've made up in my head. Right now, I have a man standing in front of me clearly interested and isn't that what I want? I lick my lips, knowing this is probably a terrible idea as I start to lift up onto my tiptoes. One kiss wouldn't be terrible, right? Sweet, Q whispers, his warm breath brushing against my mouth. Sir, someone calls, and I jump back away from Q as a man in a chef's coat comes pushing through the swinging door. He freezes when he sees the two of us. This her? He says after a beat. Me? I point to myself like a freaking dork. Carlo, this is Astrid. I'm trying to talk her into coming on board. We're going to give it a test run next week at the Valentine's event. Put him out of his misery and just agree already. The man's been an ass for the past two weeks. Carlo ribs Q. Holy shit, can I try this? Carlo comes over to inspect what I've already got started. Oh, she's here. A tall, pretty redhead says, coming into the kitchen, followed by two other people, all of them acting like they know me already. Yes, please, help yourselves. I encourage as more people start to show up. We're a bit like family around here, Q says before he goes back to leaning up against the wall and watching me. I spend the next few hours cooking for his staff, and I really like all of them. They all tell me their favorites, and we pick out a few that I'll have at the event next week, along with the strawberry cake. When it's time to go, Q takes me home, not caring that it's busy at the restaurant when we go. He even walks me to my door. A week, sweets, he says, and it sounds like a vow. It takes everything in me not to chase after him. Instead, I lock the door and lean up against it. My head is still spinning. For a girl who's never been kissed, I have too many complicated relationships. 
I guess I have a week to figure it out. A week is forever from now. My phone chimes and I pull it out of my purse to see a text from Cupid. Cupid. You got the job? Me. I think so. I'm doing an event for him next week on Valentine's Day. Cupid. Don't forget, sweets. You're my Valentine. Welcome back. Welcome back. All right, we told you everything important before this, but thanks so much for coming back with us on season 10, for sticking with us through this long break. We are so excited for this season. I think there's only like maybe three or four weeks total that we yeah. don't have an audiobook that's from crazy. now until August. <laughs> so Ooh. that's a long season. That is a but long season. We've got incredible. I'm excited. I'm getting excited because I was like, I have to podcast. I've been feeling like crap. But now since I've sat down and talked to you again, mm-hmm. I feel better. I know. I know. And I was like, I was trying to go through and see, so like some of the other authors we have, we have S.A. Clayton, we have Joanna Blake's coming back, Shaw Hart, Cameron Hart, and then, and they actually are doing like a duo name now. They're starting like their own publishing thing. Like, I know, I'm so excited. So they're both going to be with us. Um, I, I don't know. Oh, Anna Fury. She's going to be with us. She was the one that I met in Concord at the book signing and she was so nice and we were talking back and forth and I was like do you want to be on the podcast she was like absolutely I do so like she's gonna be on I'm super excited about that Danny Wyatt who we've known forever I'm but I'm so excited I know we finally got like, her to do the podcast I'm like and she hasn't been releasing whenever you get her book will you send that to me absolutely I check on her too. all the time to see if she has them. <laughs> I don't know. She just she just hits a niche for me with her daddy uh-huh. books and stuff. I yep. just yeah. Oh, one of my friends messaged me like two days ago. She was like, "Have you ever read Danny Wyatt?" I was like, "Where have you been? <laughs> Where are you at?" <laughs> but yeah, she's gonna be with Angelina Lopez, who I adore. She's so nice. She was recommended to us by our admin. Um, one of our admins, Carla, is reading. So then we have Katie Wilde, who's going to finish it off. So, I mean, we've just got tons of great authors coming this season. I'm so excited. We've got lots and lots more. So, That's awesome. All right. We will see you guys at the end of the week. Finish oh, up shit. the rest of the We book. have another episode to we do. We have another oh episode god. to do. Oh, my God. <laughs> we'll see you guys next time. <laughs> Bye. Tell them what oh, to wait, do. Oh, say the thing. What, fuck your day up. Fake to tell your bitch. Don't be a dick. Bye, guys. Bye. Read me romance. Read, read me romance. Read me romance. Read, read me romance. You could take a look in a book, that's fine. Or you could sit back, relax, and unwind. And read me romance. Read, read me romance.